So I think the best strategy before you even start promoting, <clears throat> which is the one that I think a lot of people skip, is doing the work beforehand of being super clear on who you're creating it for and also having conversations with those people. So a lot of people, when they think like, I want to start a podcast, they get very eye-focused and they're just like, this is what I want to talk about. Let me do it and just go. Irene Yu is your podcast host. She's the founder of Female Entrepreneur and Me, an online community that brings together mighty female entrepreneurs. If you are a content creator, provide a service online, are a coach or consultant, then this podcast is about you. We talk about mindsets, strategies, tactics, and share our stories. Today, we are so glad to have Kate Brenda to our show, Female Entrepreneur and Me. Kate grew up and lived in so many different countries. She was once a journalist and then turned to head of marketing at a startup in Berlin. Then she co-founded a co-working space in Berlin only for women. She was frustrated with what she had seen at work. So she started her podcast called Leading Rebel. And now she has even a secret podcast show that you cannot find online to listen, but only join her private community. Want to know the story behind of all this and how to grow your podcast? Then let's welcome Kat Brenda. Hi, Kate. Welcome to Female Entrepreneur Me. Could you please introduce yourself to our listener? Hi, Irene. Thank you so much for having me and for having me on the podcast. And of course, happy to do that. Hi, I'm Kat. I'm a journalist and marketer turned storyteller and podcaster. And it really stems from the fact that I am a recovering people pleaser. I will say that firsthand. And now I've become a vocal champion of underrepresented voices. So that's what underlines all the work that I do. Um, some things that I can never get enough of are Twizzlers, coffee, and collaborating with unheard voices to find, own, and spread their story through a podcast and beyond. So I'm a storytelling and podcasting strategist that really focus on giving peeps the moxie and the tools to make their voice heard so that they can grow their audience, their impact, and yes, also their business. Um, a little fair warning that a lot of people don't know about me, but I'm half German and half Chilean. So my personality means that I cheerlead to the heck out of people, but I also make them do the hard work and take action. So I hope that gives you a little bit of a snapshot of who I am. Um, so you mentioned about your podcast strategies. So what brought you into a podcast world? So it actually really happened naturally because I have um, a background in journalism. That's what I studied. And then I worked in marketing for most of my corporate career all over the place. I was in Peru, I was in London, I was in New York, and then I came to Berlin, um, where I've been now for about five years. And I became the head of marketing PR at a tech startup. And unfortunately, tech is one of those industries that doesn't have a lot of women in leadership. So I decided, hey, I am a young woman in leadership in a tech startup. I would love to hear from other female leaders how they lead, how it's the same, how it's different. Just get advice. And I also heard that this was a conversation that people around me were interested in and wanted to learn more about. So I thought, hey, instead of just me having these conversations, why don't I use those journalism skills that I have and actually make the conversations public? Then it was kind of deciding what format to use. Um, but I have to say that the blog felt like the wrong one because it was, you know, interviews when they're super long, it's not exactly great <laughs> mm -hmm. to put them on a blog. And then video can also get monotone because I did want to do conversations with people all over the world. And, you know, just recording a Skype screen is not super fun. So I decided podcasting would be the best format to do that. And that's how I actually launched my first podcast 
uh, over three years ago now, I think almost four, which was um, leading rebels, which was that having conversations with women in leadership. That's how I got into podcasting way back when. And then that spiraled. Um, people started to come to me to ask me how I was doing it because they really liked it. Both my guests and the public were asking me this. So then I started to actually work officially as a podcast strategist and um, help others launch and grow their podcasts as well. Okay. So once you have found um, Cat's community is very interesting and I totally want to talk about this today. Why did you have this secret non-public podcast? Is there any yeah, stuff so- behind or just you just like to do that? No. So what, what are you just talking about for those who don't know? So I launched my first podcast was a proper public podcast, right? So that was like accessible to everybody as you would in a normal podcast. I then decided to, for my community, just launch a secret podcast. And a secret podcast means that if you go on Apple Podcasts right now or on Spotify and look up the name, which is called Boss Pod, you won't find it because it's not visible to the public. However, if you sign up with me and join the community, it's still free, but it's just for my community. And then you get like a secret way of accessing the podcast. And yes, you can still play it on Apple Podcasts, but you need to know the special link that I then send you. As to why I did it this way, it's for two reasons. So one, I am as my job is have to try new things, right? I'm the one that's supposed to do the new things, to try out things, to see what works, what doesn't work, because I can't, you know, I don't like people just teaching and not doing. So I'm like, okay, I found out about secret podcasts that there's this possibility. It's like, okay, how does this make sense? Could this be something that is makes sense for people to do? And the reason that I decided to do it for me uh, as a business in that sense was twofold. One, I think it is a perk to give people access to something exclusive that's not available to everybody, even if it's free. And two, I, as a podcaster, think of like public podcasts as more produced. They don't have to be crazy complex, but you do invest time specifically in them. But I was also seeing that I was having a lot of conversations on Instagram lives, on maybe in my newsletter where I actually recorded audio snippets and all this audio was getting lost because very few people go back that far or necessarily watch a 30 minute IGTV video. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I prefer listening to this stuff. So why not take all that stuff that's floating around? Same with me being, I actually guess another podcast and put it in one central place where my community has like a one-stop shop, can get everything, can binge listen, can you know easily search the library. So it was a combination of making sense for my business and also giving a perk to my community. Cool. That's really true. My God. Um, could I ask, are there a lot of you students or clients, they follow what you do? If in the sense of the secret podcast, yes. not yet. And also because I don't recommend they do. So I'm actually working on officially now my third podcast. Um, yes. So uh, what I mean is that they might have a public one, but they also have another uh, like uh, non-public one. They put all the audio format into the, the community. No, I know what you mean. I was just circling back to say that I don't recommend people do this in the beginning. So also to my students, I will tell them. And I was just saying one example is a secret podcast. Second example is a new podcast I'm doing that's more complex. Both of these formats is not something I tell people to do as their first podcast, Mm -hmm. because as the first podcast, you want in most cases to increase visibility to be searchable. So their Mm -hmm. public one is much more useful. And second of all, it is a little bit more complex. And when you're getting your feet wet. In the US, a lot of people become podcasters after pandemic. So how, how do you think about that? Do you think that in Europe, um, also, a lot of people become a podcaster after quarantine and your business you become even more successful. You have so many more uh, clients or um, you feel it's like uh, some people cannot uh, manage to be consistent and for 
um, doing a podcast, you really need to be consistent. How do you think about that? Well, I think it's a it's a common question that I get asked. A lot of people like, oh, business must be booming just because you know people have more time now. Um, and actually, I've observed that it levels out to be maybe a little bit more, but not crazy amounts more than before. And the reasons for them, I would say two things. One, yes, some people have more time. Some people maybe are not traveling anymore. Some people have you know maybe reduced hours, whatever it may be, that they have more time. However, there are some people who have a lot less time because they have kids at home. I had a student who literally had to pause. You know, we were in the process of launching her podcast. She was almost done, but she's like, I have like three kids at home now for the foreseeable future. I need to homeschool and I can't record because there's literally never quiet um, since we're all you know, stuck together in an apartment. So there was also a lot of people who had less time. So in that sense, it kind of leveled out. And then the other thing that I think a lot of people have noticed is that just because it's a quarantining, it doesn't mean it's vacation time. And a lot of people are still overwhelmed, even with like emotionally or socially or other issues that being more productive in quotation marks is not necessarily what actually feels good to them. Um, So no, so those people decide maybe not to do that. And the last thing I'll say, the main reason people don't launch a podcast is not really because they don't have the time. Those are usually bigger like mindset things that didn't change just because somebody had more time. So yes, there has been some growth, but I wouldn't say it's been bananas. <laughs> but we mentioned about this consistency. Um, the people who came to you become your client, are they all very sure and they can manage to be really consistent about uh, publish their episode? Or how, because I think a lot of people I see, they work full time and they really have hard time to be consistent and publish their episode. Well, the good thing is that there is a motivation there to do it because I work with people who most of the time do the podcast as part of their business. So for them, it counts as being part of their work. You know, it's not some hobby that they're doing on the side, which like, ah, oh, I've got to publish an episode. Fine. They know that it's part of their marketing. There's part of their you know, communication. So in that sense, it gets prioritized. That doesn't mean that you're magically consistent, but one of the things I very much focus on teaching is to not make podcasting overwhelming, which yeah. is why I give them strategies to be consistent. So the I'll happily share that the couple of things that I teach, because I always say it's more important that you can do this well and keep it up rather than you just do all the best practices, but then go crazy is things like you don't have to publish every week. If uh, every two weeks is a better rhythm for you, or even minimum, I'd say, but still once a month is better for you rather than do that, then force yourself to do once a week. If you can't keep it up. Mm-hmm. I also recommend doing seasons, meaning you can take breaks just like a summer break, a winter break, whenever feels right for you. So you don't have to like continuously publish the entire time. And likewise, what you can also do is use that time, especially before you've launched and in breaks to pre-record, right? I think you know this and I think most podcasters do, but people forget that unless they're doing something like a news show that has to be like in the moment up to date, a lot of conversations you can have ahead of time, which means record ahead of time so that you don't get stuck in this loop. So combining these things helps you be consistent without going crazy and feeling like every single week I need to record and edit and publish and like the cycle never ends basically. Exactly. Record ahead of time. It's what I also learned in the beginning. (laughs) In the beginning, I also just record every week and then I realized, no, 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 that doesn't work. I feel I'm hamster wheel like, oh, yeah. So, um, (laughs) Very important. And also, it's also better 
uh, even you, it's the best if you can do every week. But if not, it's better to be consistent every two weeks, every three weeks, instead of like today you publish two episodes and then the whole month you don't have anything. That's, that's yeah, it. absolutely. It's also my f- one of my favorite words that people know that it's actually a term in podcasting that it's called pod fade. <laughs> that people start podcasts and they like slowly fade away because it's like every two weeks and every three weeks and every two months and then it suddenly like disappears. I'm not saying also I will put this like as a little asterisk. It doesn't mean you have to podcast until the end of your days, right? I mean, I'm also, you know, stopping a podcast, starting a new one, that's fine. But the difference is it being intentional versus, oh, I just couldn't keep this up or this is too much. I'm just going to disappear. That's a difference there. But you also mentioned about the season. Um, I see that's quite often in like Western market, they do the season um, podcast. But I wonder, um, because they already have very stable listeners. So every time they have their break, they come back, everybody will be happy to listen to them again. Or like, I wonder um, if that will be make it very difficult when it's come, when you come back for the next season. Well, I think the difference is actually, it doesn't mean that just because you're not publishing episodes that you disappear, right? That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a community of listeners, the podcast shouldn't be your main way or your only way of communicating, meaning that doesn't mean you stop sending newsletters. That doesn't mean you stop being on social media. You can talk about past episodes. You can actually use that time, which I really recommend to actually engage with listeners, get their feedback, get ideas for new episodes, listen out new things they might want. So it means like still stay in contact. And also you can communicate from the beginning. That's the difference. If I, for example, say, hey, I'm going to you know, end the season end of February and then already say, though, I'm coming back in June. And then everybody knows that there's a date and there's a plan behind there. So I think it doesn't mean just stop contact just because you're in a season break. And the other thing you can do, which, however, I only recommend doing when you've had a lot more episodes, but some people also just bring back old episodes in that time. They're like, hey, for the next, we're on a season break, but we'll just bring highlights back from past episodes. That, of course, works better if you've actually had, (laughs) you know, a bigger library. But there is basically the, the message I'd say is don't be afraid of taking breaks. Doesn't mean you lose touch. But people nowadays are also more understanding and forgiving. And as much as we wish it would be that case, you know, nobody's like end of the world. Oh, my God, there's not going to be an episode this month. You know, they're usually like fine as long as it's intentional and used to communicate to Mm -hmm. take a break and come back to you. So we already mentioned about this consistency problem. Uh, It also brings the next question. So what are the main struggles for women podcasting your community? What else? Yeah, so I would say, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, that a lot of things are not necessarily practical stuff. And I am going to talk about women and maybe non-binary people because that's the majority for work with. But in my experience, men have this too. They just don't necessarily sometimes communicate it as much. But that being said, a couple of the things are... At the beginning, people think it's about practical stuff. They're like, oh, I don't know what microphone to use, or I don't know how to edit, or how do I even get this on Apple Podcasts, like all these practical stuff. But in the end of the day, those things are actually the least important slash a lot easier than people think they're going to be or stand in the way. The things that stand more in the way is the very biggest fundamental question I have with pretty much everybody I talk to at some point in their journey, which is this thought of like, what do I have to say that hasn't been said before by people more qualified than me and more said more eloquently than I could ever. So it's more about this feeling of like, 
do I really have something valuable to say? Does this make sense to put my voice out there? Do I, should I be doing this? So that mindset is much more where people get hung up and it pops up in two places. It pops up in not even starting the podcast and then it pops up in actually a lot of people starting and recording episodes, but not publishing or publishing and not promoting it because they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So this is the most common <laughs> challenge, I'd say. Um, I find it's very interesting because I think this is very similar because when I used to do events in Berlin, um, so my previous company that I saw that we do um, events and they, I always, always try to invite a lot more female speakers, but um, they really like to refuse me more than men. Um, and then I realized that they, they always worry about that. They don't have time because they are already in a very big position. They have family. They don't have enough time to prepare the talk, la, 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 la. However, the guy always say, yes, they will only prepare the same day and send me presentation 10 minutes. Yeah. I wish I knew who said this originally, but somebody said this and it always stuck with me. It's like, have the confidence of an average white guy <laughs> because it's really is this thing of like putting this like thought on you that you don't have something valuable to say or overthinking and or perfecting it too much when it's really like um you, you can't and it's okay to grow as you go and you do have something valuable to say <laughs> yeah however it's it's quite important um but how i i realize it's just like generally speaking for men it's really um in really easier for them because things maybe they are less worried about people think they are not because speaker people think you know all those other things in the end he did share something really variable but uh because the woman the female speaker didn't really talk didn't reject the, the uh, invitation the invitation so i didn't get a chance to know actually what could she talk about but yeah mm. that's that's what i i i realized that Okay, so what do you believe is the best strategy to promote a new podcast? So I think the best strategy before you even start promoting, <clears throat> which is the one that I think a lot of people skip, is doing the work beforehand of being super clear on who you're creating it for and also having conversations with those people. So a lot of people, when they think like, I want to start a podcast, they get very eye focused and they're just like, this is what I want to talk about. Let me do it and just go. And they don't do the work of actually talking to the people and making sure that's what their intended person, dream listener wants to actually listen to. Because if you've done that work, not only are you going to create a bunch better podcast, but when it comes to promotion, you are actually a good already have a pool of people that you've talked to and can start, you know, having involved in the process and B you actually can create messaging that resonates with that type of dream listener because you've literally already talked to them when it comes to them promotion. That's why I also say uh, my like little tip here is have a, like a launch pod, which means people that are going to help you promote the podcast when it launches with you, because a lot of people get very like insular. They're like, I'm going to just do social media posts and I'm going to do these things, which is good. And you definitely hundred percent should, but if it's just you talking about the podcast, that's much more limited. If you can get a community of people together and here, if you already talked to them before, have somebody to start with and incentivize for them to share with you, you can do that with maybe small giveaways or anything that you can include to kind of promote people sharing it with you. Also have your guests, if you have guests on your podcast, be part of this and share as well. Then you're going to amplify much more your podcast launch than if you just, you were talking about it. So except for inviting other people to be on your podcast, what else do you think um, could be a really useful way of promote your podcast 
without people talking so much.、Um, maybe just to clarify, though, the launchpad. I don't mean people being on the podcast. I mean that as your supporters, you can put them in a Facebook group, you can put them on a Mighty Networks group, whatever works for you. I don't mean this has nothing to do with putting them on your podcast. This just means doing your research and talking with them, not recorded for the podcast. Basically, is just researching what they want to listen to. And a launch pod is then yes, you can also have your guests in there, but it's mostly about people already in your community. Can even be your friends and family if you don't have that many people in the beginning, people you've talked to during your research, and basically saying, for example, giveaways work really well. You're gonna give the top people who share maybe a twenty dollar gift card to something, something maybe there's a service you offer, a product, and you can make it a little competition for every time somebody posts on social media about the podcast, they get one point. If they mention it in a newsletter, they have they get three, and people can rack up points when they are actually. Actively sharing about your podcast. This doesn't mean putting them on your podcast. It's promoting your podcast. Maybe just to clarify that. Okay. So before we go into the final question,、um, I want to thank you for Kat coming to our show. And、uh, um, could you share to us like where can we find you online? Sure. So the easiest place where everything is collected is katbrendel.com. That's K-A-T-B-R-E-N-D-E-L.com. Um, there, I would suggest you check out the secret podcast. You can find that catbrendel.com/slash/bosspodcast. So boss b o s s and then podcast. So because that free is the treasure trove of all of the tips and tricks I've shared and other guests that I've had. And I am also、uh, at catbrendel on Instagram and pretty much every social platform. Though I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram at the moment. So I hope to see you there. Cool. Again, thank you for Cat coming to our show and. She shares so many useful information for podcaster. So if you wanna know more about how to make a great podcast, go to her website. Okay. Thanks Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, have a, <laughs> bye. Bye. So now I would like to hear from you. What did you learn from this episode? What can you actually implement what you have learned today into your life or business? Not just thinking. But starting to take action, and also don't forget to go over on iTunes and leave us your review. Take a screenshot and share with at female entrepreneur me. See you next English episode. Bye.